I'm well, a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. <laughs> I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one. This is a chemistry lab. I'm on the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for <laughs> other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Paulie Sibilia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Paulie Sibilia. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. That means Dan from Wildcat Sports Pub, 1230. Jim Bay, I'm 1 o'clock. And then right in between, we're going to be talking with Tim Leonard at 1245, the play-by-play voice of Syracuse women's basketball. He's in Greensboro. He is. Big one today for the women. We'll touch on that in a second, but uh, we'll uh, certainly mix in your phone calls throughout at 315-437-7644. Uh, this could be a do-or-die game, Paulie, today for the SU women. Uh, we've been talking about how the, the latest bracketology projections from ESPN's Charlie Cream have Syracuse as the last team in the tournament right now. They've got NC State in the 8-9 game, and you would think if they win this game and then uh, put up a good fight against Notre Dame, I'm not even sure they need to beat Notre Dame. They win today, they put up a good fight against the top seed. I think there's a a good chance they get in. If they lose, and as we discussed yesterday on the show, I don't know if you were paying attention to the interview, um, but if they lose, then you've got to hope that everything goes your way around the other conference tournaments. You've got to hope that it's chalk really the rest of the way uh, for the smaller conference tournaments in order to get in. But either way... As we've said, the job that Felicia Leggett Jack has done, uh, turning this from a, an 11 and 18 team a year ago to now 18 and 11 and on the verge of the NCAA tournament, awfully impressive stuff. Yeah, it's bubblicious. I, you love the bubble. Love you the got bubble. the bubble. See, I do. You got I get, the bubble. I get to enjoy it on the women's side, and I, I'll actually pay attention to this. This is, you know. We're, you should. Yeah, we're we're kind of forced into the. You know, it's a perfect storm for Syracuse women's basketball. To gain some viewership and followers and listeners and enjoy it because they may be the only show in town come March. Yeah. So big one today, two o'clock tip. You can listen right here on ESPN Radio beginning at one forty five. So we have a shortened show today, Paulie. We'll, uh, we'll take you right up until one forty. And then uh, Tim Leonard will take over at one forty five. But he'll pregame uh preview the game for us. Coming up at twelve forty-five. So Dan for the Wildcat Sports Pub twelve thirty. Tim Leonard twelve forty-five. Jim Beheim one o'clock. And and so if you want to get involved in the show, the uh, the first part of the show would be a good time to do so. Yeah. What what are people going to talk about, Steve? Today. What do you think? You know, I normally have brilliant ideas to lead off a show, but it's it's been we've digested it, right? I think we're all accepting what the Syracuse basketball program is right now. Right? Are people, I mean, do you, is there still enough to talk about right now? Like, you're, yeah, are, I mean, and are we just I'm beating sure, a dead horse? I'm sure we'll get into the Wake Forest game more tomorrow. And, you know, there's the Jersey retirement. I did catch up with Hakeem Warwick, by the way, on the TV side of things. We're going to play back some of that sound for you later on in the show. Uh, he's coming back. The, the 2003 team will be back for this watch party tomorrow and then the Jersey retirement on Saturday, which will be special for Jerry and Hakeem. And we'll get more into this game tomorrow. I am genuinely curious about how they come out against Wake Forest because, as Jerry said on our show yesterday, 
It's about pride at this point. It's about character. It's about, listen, things haven't gone your way these last two weeks. You, you've been knocked down. What are you going to do now? You know, and this game against Wake Forest, it doesn't, you know, get you into the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, it, it gets you a bye, I guess, in the first round of the ACC, and, and so you don't have to play on Tuesday. But th- this, there's not a whole lot on the line other than what are you going to do when you get knocked down? How are you going to respond to adversity? So I am curious to see how these guys, you know, look to, to fight back and bounce back. The big question that also floats around is people are asking, is this the last game of the Jim Beheim era? And I don't think it is. But we're not going to find out till after the ACC tournament if it is. Right. You know, I, I've seen a lot of people say he should announce, you know, with his his championship team. No, no, he shouldn't. That's not that's not the time to do it. That's about Jerry and Hack and his team and the seniors that day. Right. I, I, the, the analogy I used is he should shut up that day and let them do it. That's like proposing at your best friend's wedding. You're you're stealing the spotlight, yeah. and it's not about Jim Bam, and he's not that type of guy. Yeah, it, that's not going to happen, um, nor should it happen. Um, remember, I I did ask Jim Beheim this last year. I said, you know, I said, will we know when you have coached your last game? You know, going into the game, will we know? And uh, and he, you know, he didn't really answer that. I said, well, do you know? Will you know going into your last game? I, I don't think this is his last home game either. Um, but only time will tell. You know, you said that it's not the time to do it on Saturday. You'll take away from Jerry's day. You'll take away from Hakeem's day, and that's true. You, that also would create a major media firestorm going down to Greensboro. And for a team that, again, if they've got a run in right. them, you're, that's counterproductive right. to do that going into the ACC tournament. And now all of a sudden that is an enormous distraction uh you know, going down to Greensboro. So I, I don't I certainly don't think it's happening this weekend and I and I tend to agree with you. I, I, I don't think this is his final home game, uh, but only time will tell. If the outcome here here's where here's where the nightmare scenario happens for a Syracuse fan and I'm sure the coaching staff. If they lose to Wake, B C wins and they lose to Louisville. Yeah. That's not good. And that could happen. <laughs> yeah. You know, that is a nightmare scenario. That is a nightmare scenario. You're right. You're right. Had you thought about that, Steve? I had not. Way to, way to start the show off, <laughs> bringing down the room. No, but yeah, that can't happen. I, I kind of said that yesterday without the details. You're like, you can't end the season on a six-game losing streak. But that... But especially that six game, game losing streak. Right? Yeah. Georgia Tech, Wake, and Louisville being yeah. your last three. Uh, yeah, you can't have that happen. Which, again, is why I'll go back to I'm curious to see what kind of fight they show, you know, because you have, you've been blown out in four straight. Like, I get losing to Duke by a lot. Clemson, Pittsburgh, they're all good teams. Georgia Tech is not. And, and that one is just hard to explain how you, how, you know, how you lost. As badly as you and can. at this point of the season, right. after beating that team by double digits already, yeah, and it was at home uh, on top of it. Yeah. So, yeah, what, what kind of fight do they have? What kind of character do they have? I, my guess is, especially with like, listen, if you can't get up for Senior Day 
you know, final home game, 2003 championship your team coach in town. Is being, your coach is being like, if you can't get up for all of that, no one like, and it, having lost four in a row in lopsided fashion, I, I I don't know what to tell you. So my guess is they're going to come out, and I I I'm hesitant to say this, but my guess is they play well because a lot of people are counting on them to play well. Yeah. The other thing is, I don't think they want to be the guys that are remembered for doing this to Jim Beheim either, right? right. You know, is they came here to play for that guy. They didn't come here to yeah. run it into the ground. So you do hope they have pride. And it, it, you, you could hear the frustration in Coach Beheim in the post-game press, press conference. You could hear it in Jor- Jerry's voice yesterday with us. They're not happy about this either. You know, the fans could say they're mad. The coaching staff takes it up to an eleven. You know. Yeah. You know, and we we talked to Jerry yesterday. I talked to him again today for the the TV uh, version of Orange Nation tonight. And you know, he he went down that path about it. You know, I asked him what what happened in these last two weeks, and he he went back to the Duke game, and he said it's it's been a trickle down effect. They were. They were starting to play better. They were feeling really good going into the Duke game. And then Duke played really, really well, and they didn't. And this team has has not responded well to that. And Jerry touched that on that on the show yesterday. He touched on it again with me today that they did not handle that loss well. And that it's it kind of, you know, it's the old saying in, you know, in football, you can't let so-and-so beat you twice. You know, they beat you once, and then you have the hangover the next week. And it sounds like, in some ways, that's what happened with this young group is that Duke blitzed them and beat them, beat them bad, yeah. and then they just didn't recover from that. Well, and now it's snowballed to this point. You've got to, you can't let Georgia Tech beat you again, right? You can't, you know, you can't let Duke beat you. You can't, this can't let Duke beat you five times, yeah, right? right. I mean, if, Duke, right. if Duke's beating you stop. four times, yeah, right? <laughs> Enough with the Duke losses. Enough with the Duke losses. All right, you you said that um, you know you you're out of brilliant ideas, but when I walked in today, you said you I have a great idea to how to start the show today. So, what's your great idea to start the show? And I know we're up against our first time out, but you can set the table for for what your great idea is. College basketball is changing, you know, and I get mad, Steve, at callers for yelling about eighteen to twenty three year old kids playing basketball and calling them out. Joe Girard, prime example, but is that I'm I'm starting to think about is the way people consume college basketball going to change? Should I allow people to be mad about it, Steve? And you know, maybe when we come back from break, I can explain why I'm changing my mind on whether or not people can get mad at college kids. It's an interesting uh, theory that you have. I, I look forward to talking about it next. 315-437-7644 if you'd like to uh, check in. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Orange Nation, our artist of the day, U2. Six top ten hits for U2, Steve. This is not one of them. Angel of Harlem. Got to build up to the big hits. That's right. And I'll do it with or without you. All right, you ready to uh, 
Ready to hear my take, Steve, on yes. how... I heard the Cliff Knowles version before the show started, but I, let's let's talk about this. All right, so you know I'm always like, dude, that guy's 18. Stop yelling at him. Yeah. Well, you know, what were you doing at 18? Uh, does NIL change the way people can consume college basketball? Does it make booing college kids okay? Because there's a guy who busts his ass every day, right? Goes out there and works on roofs in the hot sun. And then there's some 18-year-old who's making more money than him to play college basketball. Do you boo him? Is booing college kids okay now? If they're, or you, you have to specifically do it to just the kids that are getting NIL? <laughs> it makes it different, right? Does, does the way you look at college basketball players and football players change now because they're making money to do this? So I'll be honest with you. I... Never really thought about that until you brought it up, because that's what we say all the time, right? That it, you know, it's okay to boo professional athletes yeah. because, well, they're getting paid to do this, but you know, leave the kids alone. And now things are changing in that regard. Um, now, booing has never really been my thing. No, and mine either. But I get why it happens. Yeah, is it more acceptable now if a kid is making a lot of money? But it also makes it difficult because not all kids are getting paid, right? And your ticket, like your ticket, isn't what's paying the player, right? But that dopey kid is making more money than you. Maybe, yeah. Well, maybe not you. You are no, a better. I just than it, me. Yes. No, no, no. I, I didn't I, mean it like he's that. He's making a lot. You're making a lot more money than do, the do average we, NBA player. Hey, stop. Hang on. Do <laughs> we? Be, but do we believe anybody at Syracuse is making significant money? Like we we've heard examples from other places. I get that. Well, like I'm guessing. Buddy Beheim made more than the median income of a. Do you, th- you think so? I, I honestly don't like, know I'm the guess, answer to that. I, I don't know. I the think answer. the median income is probably what sixty grand. I'm guessing he made more than that. You think so? Yeah. I I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't think he made like Bugatti money, but he was he was probably a living a m- middle class lifestyle as a college. You think he made six figures? Um, I don't know. He might have, but he's he's making more than the guy in Salve who's, you know, yeah. going out there and putting brakes on your car. Interesting. Um, I don't know. Like I said, booing's never been my thing, but I, I think you're right in that this does change things to some degree because now, you know, now... But it, they're also still 18. I know, I know. So it matters if they go to college for one year, and then when they become an NBA, a nineteen-year-old rookie in the NBA, yeah, then right. it's okay. Right? Was it okay to boo LeBron James his first year? <laughs> yeah, it was because he's an NBA. Because he was in the NBA, <laughs> right? Like it doesn't make sense. So where did you fall on it? Number one, what, what I made, don't what agree. Made you, what made you think about this? Because because they were booing at the Georgia Tech game. Okay. And you're Loudly. Like, is, it, is that okay? And I'm like, is it okay? Is this okay? Yeah, I, I would never boo. But now the argument of them, come on, they're just out here trying to, you know. Yeah. But they're still 18. Right. But they're making more money than you. So boo or not to boo? <laughs> boo or no boo? And listen, you know, you mentioned there was booing at the Georgia Tech game. Are they are they necessarily booing the players, or are they just booing 
They were booing the product. The product and, yeah. Yeah. And they gave a Bronx cheer when they played man to man. Yes, I yes, I heard that. Yeah. So where do you fall on this? No, it's not okay. Yeah. But now I'm not as mad at people for doing it. I get it. You want to call in if Joe Girard's making seventy grand, say, you can, and you're you're using your money to go watch him play. Can you boo him? So it depends on how much they make. No, not how much. Like, yeah, like I don't know. I don't know. It just changes. It's literally changed everything about the game to even the point of whether or not I care if a guy on sports radio calls in and yells about him. That's the other thing with this whole the transfer portal and NIL and all that is, you know, and I think we're, we're seeing it right now and, and there's a lot of like speculation about, you know, this losing streak and why it's taking place. You know, we saw it with, with football, right? You know, Taj Harris leaving middle of the season, Tommy DeVito leaving the middle of the season, or, you know, and now, you know, we knew that he wasn't coming back. Um, you know, it does make you wonder when things don't go well and you know, all right, this team's probably not going to the NCAA tournament. If I'm a player and I know that I want out, am I already looking at what my options are? Yeah. You know, it's it's strange. You're right. It has changed everything. It has changed everything. Ryan Mullen wants to know if Paul and Steve make more money than us, can we call in and boo them? Steve definitely makes more money than you, Ryan. You can boo us anytime you want. Yeah. I don't know why you think I make a lot of money. I work in TV, Paulie. Yeah, it's, I know. Here it's not, your TV not a lucrative business. You, Jennifer Aniston was Why on do you TV? think I have four jobs? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a daughter in college and a son who's well, two Jim years B, away. Well, Jim B brings up the point. So you can boo Judah but not Malik. That's where it gets <laughs> That's difficult. Where, right. That's right. what I'm saying. It right. sh- like You can't boo. I don't know. I don't know what this do, does. But you boo the opponents all the time, and their kids also. <laughs> no, it was just weird. It's like, does it? Do I have to lighten my stance on someone being hard on Joe Girard if he's making good cake? <sighs> Again, my 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 thought though is I I don't know how much these guys are actually making. You think Joe Girard's making sixty grand? I don't know. I don't know. Either. I I honestly have no clue. I I do not know. I don't know. I don't know. But th- th- this is my life. It's an interesting thought. Here's a good question, too. Jor- Jordan brings up a good question. How much, like, Judamins could go, stay? How Like, what is, what is an acceptable amount for him to make next year? Like, <laughs> would you be okay? Like, what's it going to take to keep him? Right? Who makes that decision? I know he does. Well, I mean, ultimately. Yeah, I mean, he makes He does ultimately, but like if you're paying him, at what point do you say, okay, yeah, you're not worth that? Uh, it's la- a different ball game, man. Last pick of the first round makes almost $2 million a year. Um, Guaranteed? Well, guaranteed for again for a first round pick. That's why it's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. If you're a first round pick, because you get the guaranteed money. It's last year was one point eight million. Um, 
the league minimum salary is for the rookie minimum is just about a million dollars. So a little more. The average salary, the minimum salary for G League. a G leaguer is five hundred. Four thousand, uh, forty thousand, forty thousand five hundred. Oh, whoa, yeah, they come back. All right, so someone goes, "Don't boo kids." Jen said, "Don't boo kids." We talk about mental health. I don't think the booing is the mental health problem nowadays. Social media would be, you know, getting booed. I think anybody can handle that. It's what you see on like social media has completely changed the way college kids are treated. Yeah, yeah and high school kids and everybody. People can say whatever the hell they want about you. Yeah, I've said I've said before. I'm I'm glad that I Steve, didn't, I didn't know, grow up in this time. Do you know what I did yesterday? And I, you know what I said and did uh, yesterday that was bad for my mental health. You know how? Because I, I always hear people in our chat and our callers saying, "Well, on the Syracuse fan forum, this is happening." And blah blah blah. Yeah. And like, I didn't realize message boards were still a thing because it's like probably the most antiquated thing on the internet. Uh, I went and searched my name on Syracuse, the Syracuse fan forum, and oh my goodness. What came up? Oh! Oh, am I hated. Yeah? Yeah. Wow. The things people say about me that I read. I, I can't say them on the air, but I will tell you what was said about me in... Uh, in the commercial break. Good stuff. Oh, it's brilliant. Brilliant insults. Three one five four three seven seven. You, you want me to give you a little sneak? Yeah, could you? So you remember I say I say this all the time and I don't ever take it back. I say that I don't think crowds affect the outcome of a, a sporting event. And I, I'll stick by that to this day. Does it pump the team up? Yeah, but it doesn't ultimately decide who's going to win or lose the basketball game. And I was, oh, I just, I didn't realize my money that I spent on buying a ticket doesn't affect the game. Or I would have never bought the ticket. That kind of explains things to me <laughs> about why people, they, like, this guy thinks him going to the game <laughs> changed, like, caused points to change. I do think home field advantage or home You're court not, advantage, it, it, I think it does it, matter. It's fun. It's great. You're there to watch the game. I mean, it, it does, matters. It, it does matter. I mean, it, it if clearly it does. Matter, it matters in Vegas. I was just going to say. But it doesn't, it doesn't change outcomes. There's never been a game won because it was home or lost because it was road. It where, helps. Where, yes, it does. But you, you know, never have I once seen Sports Center's top 10 lead with one fan cheering yeah. because of the great play the fan made. That won the game. Yeah, no, I get that. But, it, I mean, the, the home advantage is a thing. I mean, obviously. Uh, all right, let's get a couple quick phone calls in here before we get to uh, Dan from the Wildcat Sports Pub. Uh, good friend of the program, Drew in Syracuse, going to kick us off today. Hey, Drew. Hey, guys, what's going on? How are you? Real quick, I know you two know better than this that somebody's paying somebody some money to be here. So I don't care if it's Judah Mintz. I don't care if it's 
for you guys to act like you don't know if somebody's even making twenty thousand or Buddy didn't get a hundred thousand. I'm sure Buddy got a hundred thousand. To be quite honest, okay, I, I would not argue with you on that. But I don't know what they're making. Yeah, Drew, I, I, I don't know either. Correct. We don't have the actual figures, but. Come on, this university is not broke. We're not. But the university, the university, the university can't pay. The university Drew. doesn't pay them. It's, it, it's got to come from elsewhere. I understand that, but, but let's be honest. Where all the money comes from, it comes from donors and whatever. But I, I totally get that. But Adam Weisman's paying a million dollars for one football player. You don't think he's paying a hundred thousand for? One basketball player. He may, he he may be, but I don't know that, so I'm not gonna like. Right, I can't just, say that on the air. Right behind Jim Beheim. Let's let's be honest. He that guy is not just sitting there for no reason. Yeah, but the money he, he paid to sit there isn't going to the players. Come on, Paul. You know better than that. That yes, no. That money he used to buy those seats doesn't pay the players. I understand that, but he, but you don't sit behind that bench without. Donating money to NIL or uh, was there before you know, NIL was a thing? I, come on, Paul, you're smarter than that. No, I know come he on. pays players, but I'm just saying that has nothing to do with it. Yeah, but you can't say you can't sit there and say you don't know what these. Somebody on this team is making a hundred thousand. If if the guy from Miami is making four hundred thousand. Somebody on Syracuse is making a hundred thousand. Uh, Miami's mean, got way more money in their fan base. I don't. Are you I, I, I don't know that Judah's making. I don't know what Judah's making, but I'm sure he's making something. It said in the paper he made money, but I don't know what it is. Come on, man! You you know? Come on! I don't, I you don't and know. Both know that that dude is making a hundred thousand at least. I don't. He wouldn't be here. He wouldn't be here if he wasn't he could, making a hundred thousand. He well, come on, I don't know that he could very well be making a hundred thousand, but I don't know. I don't know, and I'm not going to venture to guess because then I'm wrong, and it's that's not a good thing to be. I'm not. Right. I have I have the I option of not being wrong. I appreciate it. All right, <laughs> here's one thing I can say. There is one time. There is one thing I know where. There's two places I know where the nil is coming from. And I know they're not making a lot of money at one of them for sure because <laughs> I book them. And second of all, I know I heard overheard that someone thought that, uh, was it Beacon Skiff that Buddy yeah. did that commercial for? That he made six figures for that. He made nowhere near six figures for that. I, I know exactly how much he made for that because I – Overheard a conversation. Yeah, I actually, and it's and it's not, <laughs> it's not anywhere, anywhere near, near what, what you, you thought. Did. Yeah, right. It's about what somebody should get paid for that. Yeah, right. So that, I mean, I, I and I've heard the same thing. So I'm I'm hesitant to say that yeah. these guys are getting a lot of money. Yeah, because we I we don't know that, and what we do know is, you know, it's it's not a lot. It's I mean, it's something, and it's it's great for these guys, but I you know they're. From what I understand, it's not a. They're yeah. not getting rich off of it at yeah, this point. Yeah, they're not. It, it like, and maybe maybe things have changed in the last year. They and a do half. interviews on our radio stations, right. and I know they're not getting very far on that money. <laughs> 
you know, but it, I mean, it's for a college kid. Right, it's yeah, nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, let's get one last phone call in before we get to Dan. Uh, we've got Jim in Pennsylvania up next. Hey, Jim. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Listen, on the booing thing, I am of the school that, you know, the kids aren't in charge. To, to sit there, there's a silliness to a lot of this. Hey, again, I've been following for over 50 years. I love it, but it is a bunch of kids who are being directed to do what they're doing by adults. So, again, even if it's the product to direct it at kids, to call kids. I mean, I remember sitting in the stands at the Dome and people just being miserable beyond the pale to Frank Howard and getting into arguments and standing up and, you know, to people saying, hey, my kids are here. This isn't a way to talk to anybody, let alone, you know, the kids on the court. I mean, if we want to boo people, I, I thank God it's not Syracuse. But look at college sports right now. You know, some of the biggest stories are, about a top-ranked team kid bringing a gun to a murder scene, about a program that may have covered up a top kid, you know, being involved in a in an accident that killed people in the car incident at Georgia. Like, those adults who are letting that all continue in that culture or covering it up, they should be booed. Not kids who get drug into a system, basically, where, hey, you know, you're put on a pedestal, there is money moving around, and coaches that look the other way, and for all of JV's issues, people can say, and with papers and things like that, it's nonsense. Keeping kids out of trouble, running a clean program, that's important. We should cheer that, not boo kids that are trying to win. And, you know, if recruiting's bad, it's the coach's fault for not getting the right kids here to win. All right, Jim. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm all for for cheering the things we should be cheering and and not booing college. I, that's never been my thing. I, I, I don't boo my favorite yeah, teams yeah, right, ever. Right. You know, even professional yeah. teams, right? I mean, I I, I don't do but that. I either, do, but I do. I do now feel kind of weird when someone calls in and rips Joe Girard. Right. And I, get I feel like you know, do I, should I really stand up for him? Like next year, if he comes back, he's going to be a like a senior citizen. Making a lot of money. <laughs> Do I care? <laughs> right. That's a valid point. All right, we got to hit a timeout. Dan from Wildcat Sports Pub joins us next. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation Artist of the Day. As we head into hour two, you too desire... All right, it's 1 o'clock on a Thursday. That means we are pleased to be joined by the Hall of Fame head coach, brought to you every week by Oswego County Mutual, Jim Beheim, our guest on the show. And, uh, Coach, now that the, the dust has settled uh, from the Georgia Tech loss, you know, you look back on these last two weeks. Uh, what what has changed on the defensive end that, that has allowed teams to, you know, we've seen three straight games at 90-plus points? I have no idea. I mean, we're trying to do the things that we've done all year long, and we weren't great, but we were middle of the road defensive team for a lot of the year. Um, I, I just think that you know we haven't been able to get any stops, and you know, obviously people have shot well, but uh, part of that is we're not doing enough to pressure their shooters um, and get them off their spots. And you know it's just been uh, not one thing. It's it's not one or two players. I think when you look at the tape, uh, one time it's one guy, and next time it's, it's all five guys. It, it's not one area or one spot. It might be a forward. It might be a guard. It might be the center position. Uh, but it's everybody. And, you know, when our defense is this bad, it's, it, you know, it obviously falls back on me. I'm the coach. And, 
you know, it's, uh, I don't think we ever thought that our defense could be this vulnerable. I mean, uh, you know, we're really, we're young, you know, all defenses are going to be, uh, you know, struggle a little bit when you're young, but uh, not to this extent. And we just haven't been able to, we've changed things, we've changed the way we rotate and, you know, how we guard different positions, but everybody's attacked and, and uh, found a way. If we do get a stop, they get the rebound. And, you know, it's 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 just been one thing after another like that. Our offense has held up pretty well. Uh, wasn't great against Georgia Tech, but it's it's been pretty good. But defensively, we just can't stop anybody. Simple. Coach, has the moving back of the three-point line and the ability of younger kids, their college kids now, to shoot better made the zone more difficult or changed the way maybe you have to play it? You know, it's always been, the three-point line's always been part of what we have to defend, and we've always done a pretty good job on it. People use the wrong statistic. They say we're giving up the most threes. People are taking the most threes. Well, that that's something we can't control. The thing we can control is the percentages that we give. They've been pretty good for a while now. They've obviously, the last four games, they've skyrocketed. Before the last four games, our shooting percentage that we were giving up from the three was pretty good. But um, players have always been able to shoot. Um, Are they uh, attacking the zone a little bit better? Uh, You can argue about that, I think. But uh, we're just not defending the way we need to. And, uh, you know, that's the bottom line. Coach, I do want to ask you about uh, Chris Bell. I mean, obviously started all season now. You know, two straight uh, you know DNPs out of him. Uh, can you shed some light on you know what's going on with yeah. Chris and the decision to keep yeah. him out of the lineup? Yeah, we can only play two, three men, and we decided to start Justin and bring Quadir off the bench. We, they were having the best practices, and uh, then we played Benny at the three a little bit to get Malik in the game. So. We really played three three men, and then at the end of the game, we went man to man. The last seventeen minutes, we played three guards because I think that's a better defensive team. Um, so, I mean, you can only play so many guys. Did you see anything out of your man to man? You know, I know I'm not asking you no. if you're going to change, but did you see anything out of it that <laughs> maybe nothing? Nothing. No. All right, Coach. Uh, let's uh, let's look ahead to Saturday and a lot going on with this. Obviously, with with Jerry and Nakeem and the team, you know, the old three team back. Let, let's start with the opponent, though. Uh, what, what can you tell us about Wake Forest and what stands out to you about them? Really good team. You know, they can beat anybody in the league. They have, uh, you know, just a, a well balanced team. They have good size inside, big guys. You know, a couple big six eleven guys, strong, physical, uh, good at the forward spot. One of the best guards in the league, and Appleby probably might be having as good a year or better year uh, as any guard in the league. So it's a tremendous test for us, and uh, the way we're playing, anybody's a test. But right now, uh, Wake Forest is a really good team, and we have to play uh, substantially better than what we played the last four games. And I think we will play better. 
I know the focus is on the team in that game, um, and, and I don't want you know what's happening tomorrow and, and, and Saturday with the jersey retirements to take away with that from you. Like I, I understand that's your focus, but if you could, what, could you speak to the 03 team being back and, well, and, and what that means to you? First of all, I can focus on more than one thing. <laughs> we're, we're, you know, we focus on the game and getting ready for it, and that's that takes time. But uh, we have more than enough time to reflect on what this O three team did, how happy we are with what they did, how they did it, uh, the type of people that did it, and uh, it's uh, it's hard to win the national championship. It's really hard. And uh, they were able to do it as a pretty young team. And uh, it's great to have Hakeem and Jerry going up in the rafters where they belong and to have everybody coming back. Uh, I think it's just, it's a, it'll be a great day. Uh, we're really looking forward to having those guys back. Obviously, the season is not where we'd like it to be. Um, I think at one point we were on track to be right where we should be, and we just haven't been able to finish in the last four games. And the disappointing thing about it is we haven't been competitive. It's, yeah, this team lost by three at Miami. Miami's lost one game at home, and that was they blew a 25-point lead. Um, you know, so uh, it's very disappointing to play the way we play. But uh, it's it'll be fun to celebrate these guys and this team um, on Saturday. Uh, but obviously, uh, it doesn't take away this thing from how we finished uh, the season. And one thing with a young team, when they slip a little bit, they don't have a lot to look back on and say we can change this. It's you know, you start looking around and you think, you know, this is tough. And um, I think they've gotten into that a little bit. Uh, we'll try to correct it as much as we can in two days of practice and play a lot better game on Saturday. You know, the the other thing that makes it even more questionable, Coach, with this stretch is it's coming off of your biggest win of the season. You know, you beat NC State in the Dome. And then from there, so is there anything that you can maybe even pinpoint at some point what's going on? Well, yeah, it's defense. We haven't been able to stop anybody. I mean, that's you don't have to even be a coach to see that. Anybody can see that. And we have not been able to do anything, change anything to fix it. We, we've changed how we play it, different, we, we do a lot of different things in the defense. Uh, it, none of the things we've worked on or tried have even come close um, to being successful. And, uh, you know, NC State is a really good team. <laughs> I mean, they're as good probably as uh, the teams that we lost to. Um, you know, I mean, none of these teams are great. Pittsburgh went to Notre Dame and lost last night. I mean, it's we just have not been able to play defense. And, you know, again, all that falls back on me. And, uh, and, and I have usually have a good explanation for the way things are going and what's happening. But when you lose like this, there is no explanation, you know. Uh, granted, these teams played well. They shot well. They made some. Georgia Tech made six shots five feet behind the line. You know, which is unusual. That's very unusual. But 
it happened, and uh, we were never able to. I, I think the team is still fighting. I think they're trying. They're moving. They're going after things. We're just a little bit late and a little bit not quite where we have to be, and teams have taken advantage of every one of those situations. And uh, it's just the way that we're going right now. But there's just no no explanation other than we're not uh, able to stop uh, anybody. Offensively, Judah's been good. He's been good. Gerald's been a little up and down, not quite as good as he was, but he's been pretty good. Uh, Benny has picked up, added something. Uh, we have not been able to get anything out of the three spot, whoever's been in there. Uh, but that's just, you know, we're scoring. It's, you know, we always like to be a little better offensively, but we're scoring. We just can't stop anybody. And you, you can talk about, whatever you want to, but we're, it's, it's right there. It's not like we didn't finish this game where we lost. We didn't get a stop here. We didn't get this rebound. I mean, you don't even have, you don't even analyze that. You don't even think about that. Cause there's just, you know, we're not there, right. you know, just to, to, to pick apart a game and second guess what you could have done in a game. You have to be in the game. And, you know, we just haven't been in the game. Yep. Uh, well, some basketball still to be played, uh, one on Saturday and then the ACC tournament. Uh, Coach, I hope you enjoy tomorrow night. Uh, good luck this yep. weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you. All right, Jim Beheim brought to you every week by Oswego County Mutual. And with that, we'll hit a timeout. We've got Tim Leonard set to join us on the other side to preview the women's game today between Syracuse and NC State. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.